Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Curious Matter After Show. I'm Allison Hayslip, and my co-pilot here is Alyssa DeVries, and we are going to be your hosts as we take a deeper dive into this season's episodes. We are going behind the scenes to learn a little bit more about these stories and their authors, and of course, geek out on our collective love of all things sci-fi and horror. Now, tonight's show is live on Twitch every other week, so all of you out there in podcast land, you can come on over and join us at twitch.tv slash funny. Ask questions, you get to interact with the team, and you know you maybe get to win a prize or two. Now, tonight on the show, we have the Curious Matter creator, Jonathan Pezza. It's always wonderful to be joined by him. And uh, two of the fabulous actors in Star Hunter, Shriyaswara and Celine Gench. Welcome, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi. Sweet. <laughs> I think everyone was like, I don't want to talk over anyone else. Uh, thanks for joining us on such an exciting episode. But what was also so cool was at the very start, like right before the podcast actually started, we learned that it's the 300th anniversary of sci-fi coming up. So in celebration of that, uh, I want to know what all your favorite sci-fi works are, whether it's a movie, TV show, podcast. Let's let's learn a little bit about what you all like. Jonathan, I love that you immediately were like, huh, <laughs> out of the seven gazillion <laughs> things that I have read and worked on, what's my favorite? Do you have one? Um recently i think i have to start with that because there's so many i love the expanse series that, oh my um, gosh jonathan the book is amazing the books are amazing well i just watched the show recently but i was thinking during this episode that the crew totally sounded like the uh what were they called the out the um the belter uh, yeah, the Belters. They totally sounded like the Belters in the Expanse, and I loved it. Some of them, yeah. Some of them got a little bit of that Creole vibe, which is, it was like South African Creole mix or something like that in the Expanse show. So I was yeah. like, a couple people like that in because I love that show. Yeah, that was great. 
Uh, awesome. How about uh, Celine? Do you have a favorite uh, sci-fi work? I'm trying to think, but the only thing that comes to mind for me right now is when I was much, much younger. There's this young adult book about a cat that sneaks into a um, a spaceship, and I don't know the name of it. But if anyone does, that would make me so happy. Chat, <laughs> no, we'll put you chat. on this. Chat, Google <laughs> cat sneaks in spaceship. Movie, cat from outer space, which if you haven't seen, is a classic. Is that actually a movie? The yeah. cat from outer space. One of the Disneyland hour like black and white movies from like. Oh wow. 60s, yeah. Man. Was it Felicette, the cat who touched the moon? I don't think so, but, oh, but I, that I sounds really delightful. Uh, it does sound cute. So sad, I don't remember. Well, I, I have faith in our chat and figuring this so out do by I. the end of the, the show. Come on, sci-fi uh, fans. All right, Shrizwara, how about you? Do you have a favorite sci-fi work? Uh, would Jurassic Park count? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen the others. It, you only have to see the first one. It's okay. <laughs> also, the first one still holds up. Those dinosaurs are amazing. And when you realize like it was all done with practical effects, I hate saying back then because it's like we were all alive. And so saying back then makes it seem like it was so long ago. Um, but Jurassic Park, I mean, Jonathan even mentioned that at the beginning of yeah, the episode. There's a great movies that made us episode about the making of Jurassic Park. If you haven't seen that series. Um, okay. Yeah. Jurassic Park's amazing. Yeah. That was definitely, you know, when we, when I do these stories, I definitely try to figure out reference points for movies that I can utilize as like, as kind of touchstones so that you can, so that you can easily find your way into the story by having things that feel that way. Like there's musical homages in, in this to a lot of different things that are meant to kind of help you, like get the feeling or vibe of those experiences. So yeah, love Jurassic Park. Nice. All right, let's dive into this episode a bit. Uh, Celine, you you started off this episode, you know, right off the bat. I was just like, whoo, hi, Milana Wass. What is going on here? I mean, like, it's truly, I mean, not literally, because it's all audio, but it was like you walked in and just commanded that room. So how do you bring that kind of confidence to your performance using only your voice while still sounding entirely organic? That's so nice. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I mean, it's mostly just body language. I'm just, <laughs> I was recording it in my closet because that's where the best sound is. And so I was just, you know, trying to embody it fully, which involves a lot of, you know, moving around, but trying not to make noise. And a lot of a lot of hand movements ah. <laughs> and a lot of face that, you know, that's you try. Yeah. yeah. Were you also like, was your I, I would just feel like my posture would be like so perfect during that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Core tight. <laughs> core. Hold it all in. <laughs> uh, so you you have performed in sci fi works before, but was working on Star Hunter any different? Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was really different. It just, I mean, voice acting specifically was very different. And it just felt like the world was so like, <laughs> so explored. And so just whenever I needed help, I just asked when we were, when we were recording and he always had an answer, like a great answer to lead me in the right way. It was ah, great. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. The performance is uh, amazing. Shri also oh, like sorry. your, the, how you like worked on the accent because of like your 
like your family, right? And they helped you. Yeah, they did. Um, I don't, I don't have that accent, but my, my parents have a bit of an accent. So they helped me, they helped me work on it and, you know, fine tune it to, to sound a bit more, more like what they're used to from Turkey. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I, I feel like there's such great stories of actors using family members accents like um uh what is his name and barry i can't not not bill Hader. the guy was like barry no ho hank i don't know the no ho name, hank. but yes but no ho hank apparently that accent that he does is his wife's accent oh that's yeah. cool <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> and when i heard that i was like that's amazing <laughs> Um, so Shri, uh, you have mainly worked in, in Hindi films. So what was it like working on a sci-fi project for you? Ironically, it didn't feel much different. <laughs> Great. It, it, I mean, it, it, it was just, it felt like, yeah, I was dubbing for a film, but just, I didn't have to have the headache of trying to match it with the, with the visual. Yes. Um, and I love that. I mean, we've seen seen, sorry, heard Yaktisi <laughs> in previous episodes, but I feel like this is the episode where we really get to see uh, who Yaktisi is. So was this episode, did, did this episode bring more to you as well? Um, they all brought some aspect or the other. I mean, throughout, I, mean, I can't say this one in particular, but I mean, they all have some, each scene has something or the other that's kind of intriguing. Nice. And did did either of you have um, an image in your head of what these characters look like? Or, or Jonathan, do you give them artwork reference as to how you picture them or? And I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. No, I, you know, we talk about the characters a little bit, mostly in terms of motivation and like backstory and things like that. But um, no, I, the really, it's just conversational. And then it's also... Um, we really kind of evolved the character organically when we worked together. I think with both, both of you guys, I think that happened. Um, Cause I really try to take as you know, you, you try to find someone who's, who's got the sound that you want, but then you also have to like give them trust and kind of hand off the character to them and see what they bring to it. What is interesting to them and what, you know, that what, what makes them excited about that character and then work from that to build it out and make it meld into everything else. So both, I mean, both of you guys were so amazingly great at one, you were technical in the sense that like when the lines, sometimes the lines get a little technical and you're trying to get this very specific inflection or this very specific idea only through dialogue. And, um, and both of you guys were just like one, one small adjustment and then bam, we were back. It, the performances were just, were so tight and so like on point all the time. You're very kind and patient. And plus your writing also is very potent. It has a lot of, of they're alive. They're not just not black and white on paper. You're kind of, everything is alive that you write. Thank you. That's Thank fascinating. Jonathan, you should post snippets of the script so the listeners can see yeah. what the yeah. actors are working with. That would be so cool. Um, Critter Nation 3000 is uh, saying, I also wish there was artwork of these characters and scenes. It would be so cool if some of you in chat did some fan art. That would Ooh. be so cool. Yeah. I think we'd all like to see that. We will share all fan art. There you uh, go. For sure. 
Well, okay. Well, now we got to say Shri and Celine, you guys got to put out there anything you request for your characters. Like <laughs> do fan art of Yachtisi, but she's got to have an eye patch or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue. Honestly, in my head, she was just me, but in a world where I am way more badass. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. That that's how that's how I worked with it in my head, but I have no clue what she was actually supposed to look like. <laughs> I think they both became you guys for me after we started working. I don't think that there's a like a different person in my brain. I think actually for all of the characters really, like once you guys were cast in my brain, you guys are the images of those characters. I mean, someone's gotta do some fan art and then yes. we gotta get cosplaying going. Right? Yes, please. <laughs> uh, so, Celine, you also worked in production for Open Doom Crescendo last year. So when you were performing, do you feel like you got to approach it, approach this from a production standpoint as well? Oh, I think they were very generous with that credit. But <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I try not to be too, like, controlling and and like, because when you're an actor, you really have to, you know, focus on what you're doing, but leave everything else to what what everyone else is doing and have trust. Um, you know, you try to kind of push down those like type A tendencies. <laughs> but honestly, for this one, it was I just had a lot of trust, mostly because it was this was pretty foreign to me. Voice acting is fairly new for me. So it was uh exciting to see other people do what they do and do it so well. So, yeah. Well, now that you're dabbling more into voice acting, do you, have you found a different type of love from it than on camera acting? Yeah, definitely. It's nice because you're not um, restricted by uh, what people think of when they look at you. Um, You can, you can, if you can make your voice do it, then you can be it. It's, it's really exciting and kind of freeing. Shri, how about you? Do you do you have a preference between on camera or voice acting, or do you have a, a different type of love for one or the other? I think I prefer voice acting because you don't have the paraphernalia of someone poking you in the face and pulling at your clothes off steady. So <laughs> I know. You can focus. <laughs> I always say my dream when I'm on camera, like my hair is up and I'm in some situation where I can be like either dirty or sweaty or something where I don't have to care what I look like. Cause it's so frustrating how much that matters sometimes. Somebody makes some fan art of Allison looking really dirty and sweaty. <laughs> I have a friend who talks about, he says you always need a little JLo on your shoulder because he's convinced that every time you watch Jennifer Lopez and anything, you can tell that she is aware of how good she looks but the, like you're seeing that and he's like, you want that, but only a little bit. Like you always need some sort of awareness. And so he's always talks about when he's acting, he has a little JLo on his shoulder. <laughs> you don't need that when you're doing voice acting though. It's great. Um, so Jonathan, let's, I mean, we're now in part three of, yeah. of this, uh, this series. What, do, when you read these short stories and these books, do you, do you know instantly that you can turn them into a curious matter podcast or does it take a while or do you, do you just do you love one and then just figure out how to make it a podcast? 
some of them you do and some of them no this one was a for sure no like i had listened to it as an audiobook first because i found it and then i read it again and both times i think i talk about it kind of in the in the intro um i really kind of circled this one and didn't think that this was going to be a like right for the show and um but it kind of hung with me and the twists the twists really hung with me and how it where it starts and where it ends is such a wonderful journey and um and i was like ooh this has a great five episode arc because i can flip it on its head every episode and oh. and find a way to to make it do these really amazing twists and turns um and you know i think with all great like sci-fi it has to be an essential story meaning that like this is this story in this world is is central to its existence it it can't just be a tale where it's like some side character in this world doing something and it and it but and it doesn't affect the world as a as a large um meaning in a large meaningful way like this is this is the essential story for this world which means it's got to gonna have a great big old ending (laughs) i can't wait no pressure um well in this episode uh specifically and this is this is for all three of you do you have a favorite moment i mean i i clearly clearly already said my favorite line first rule in hunting don't assume you killed it the first time (laughs) but do the three of you have a favorite moment a favorite line a favorite action that happens yeah, um, I mean, I like when they're negotiating over over the radio. I think uh, it's really funny that they're both kind of coming at it with fundamental, fundamentally different understandings of the situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite line in this episode, and it was the one I was super worried about, and it took me forever to like, who is this going to work, is the Pirates Spring Forth mini monologue. Like which is like it's meant to some like the poem that he says when he first comes in he's forced to say is the keyword to get in is right. uh, is a stevenson poem it's an actual poem from from the writer of treasure island um but when i wanted to create another poem that seemed like it was the same style but actually explained the world that they were in like basically when when the rich take everything people have to resort to being pirates to get what they need out of this world that they're in. And so that's ultimately what it's about. And the way that Celine, you, the way you performed it was so amazing. And I was like, I, cause I was really worried that that wasn't going to play right. And it was just spot on. And so you wrote that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's oh. a, that's a, that's a faked version of a Stevenson poem. <laughs> But I mean, that's a Jonathan. That isn't from the short story or anything. That's a, that's a Jonathan Pezza original. I would say there's almost no dialogue from the original. Oh, interesting. Nice. I would say in almost all of these, there's very little dialogue that comes from, from ah the original short See, story. That that makes me even more want to go back to the source material and figure it out how you adapted this because that's very cool. I can. I'll post uh, it to the to the audiobook to the free audiobook. Oh, you definitely should. Oh, people would love that. Sure. Although I feel like people are going to listen to it and be like, it's only oh, in. I'll do it after part five. Yeah. I don't want people yeah. to know the ending. Why is there no background noise? <laughs> Why is it not 360 around my head? Yeah. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Speaking <laughs> of which, the crash at the end, um, I had to dial that back. The It's like the first time that I've had to be like, uh, I think this might make people puke. <laughs> Oh, the wind. So when the when the plane is falling, there's two wind sources and they're spinning around you at slightly different rates. And when I ran that by itself in the test mix, it literally made me like made the world spin. I was like, wow. I found, I figured out, oh my goodness. Uh, it's like the brown noise. <laughs> like, it's like, I figured out this thing that just makes you seasick. It's crazy. And I had to dial it back because I wanted you to feel like you were falling, but I, you know, never want anybody to be uncomfortable. God, isn't the human body so weird sometimes? Like, how does just the manipulation of sound actually affect us physiologically? Source of our, of our balance and equilibrium. So, yeah. I know. One of the best things I ever learned uh, when I went to space camp is if you get dizzy. Yes, I went to space camp, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no. But if you get dizzy, like after you go on a spinning ride or something like that, the way to like settle your inner ear is to jump up and down because it's going like this. And so if you jump up and down, it 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 stops the spinning feeling. <laughs> I was like, what? Did you do Alabama or Florida? I did Alabama for four years. I wanted to go so bad as a kid. It was awesome. But you know, you go four years in a row and year four of the, cause they have like the same counselors. The counselors are like, why are you back? We've taught you everything. There's nothing more we can teach. (laughs) No one comes for four years, but that's how much of a nerd I am. Uh, Shree, how about you? We haven't heard your favorite moment from this episode yet. I can't be biased. I, I like the entire thing. On the, it, it's the collectiveness that makes it wonderful. I can't say that one particular thing. It, it's that's no. <laughs> now you've been. You were in the first episode, right? We Yakti season. Or, I'm yes. Okay, Sorry. great. Yeah. So because you've been, you've actually been recording these in parts as well. Did you, did you know your character was going to be coming in to save the day by episode three or? Did you know this arc for your character or were you pleasantly surprised when you kept going into recording sessions and finding out what you were doing? Um, it was done in one session. So before that, I'd gotten, oh. he'd, given, he'd given me all three of the scripts and so I'd read it beforehand. And- oh, great. Yeah. Man, so you had all the info. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's seen script four yet. This is the secret that you guys are learning on this is that, uh, we had the first five episodes of the season locked in and then got into production. And I also ended up on a full-time show for HBO. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just limited my ability to get everything. So we're going to take a mini break to catch up of two extra weeks to get the last two parts out to everybody. This is where you guys get to hear it first. Um, Because, you know, this is a, this is a passion project where it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I have a full-time job and I put in like 30 to 40 hours a week on this. So it's just, uh, <laughs> we're going to get it when we can get it out, but it's going to be I very. Mean, 
Okay, so we're taking a, a mid-season hiatus at the moment. Uh, we also have an after the these ultimate points. cliffhanger. Yeah, uh, but so Jonathan, let's talk more about that. How how can people who listen to this support you and support the show in any way? Since you are basically helming this almost single-handedly. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is like the Patreon is really big. We're trying to make it better um and with more perks and more things but it's the place where you can go and get access to the scripts so you can actually see how they're written and get the entire script um you can also you also get early access to the shows um so it's that's one place that's really helpful um we're you know it's getting a little bit better each each season i where there's an assist i have an assistant editor moise who's awesome who's been helping this season to get everything prepped and he's started to move into dialogue editing which has been really great um i'm sure he'll be really happy to, to hear his name on this because he's been working really hard to get this stuff out um it's uh you know it's i'm not this is this is not being done by a big studio it's being done in a basement in reseda california with as i like to say in the first season like a group of misfits just putting it together you know <laughs> like talent uh, everybody's so talented and we're just all coming together to try to make this like interesting unique thing so well, let, let's talk a bit about how you find all the talent. I mean, I know we made a joke. I can't remember if it was on the show or not, but if you actually look in the credits, it's half Pezzas, like half of your family <laughs> helps out with this, which is amazing. You clearly come from a very supportive family, but how do you find, like, how do you find Slynn? How do you find Shri? Or maybe it's better, a better question for you ladies. How, how were you approached to come on board for this? You guys can say this. We were. This was the first time I had actually gone uh, um, out of our own kind of casting circle and started reaching out using like like we used backstage for this um, to find some of the great voices we found. Um, Rovald as well also came off of backstage, um, and these guys submitted and they were just their submissions were amazing. Oh, that's wonderful! I didn't even realize that. That's great. From back, I didn't even know backstage was still around. That's awesome. <laughs> Backstage feels like for for those of you who have been out here as long as I have, it was like the thing when you first moved to L.A., you know, you mailed in actual physical headshots to the addresses of casting directors and backstage. So I'm glad to see that backstage has made it through the uh, technology <laughs> jumps since then. I was trying to explain to someone that when I first moved to L.A., you had to fax your headshot and resume sometimes to people, which I don't, I mean, I barely knew how to use a fax machine back then, but it's like, I don't think people who move to LA these days even know what a fax machine is. If you showed up somewhere to drop off a headshot, like they'd call security nowadays. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. You did. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we have a question in chat. Oh, great. Uh, Dman119A, um, he also asked this in previous weeks, how was it uh, hearing these episodes, like the finished product after recording? Did it sound different than you thought? Like, what were your thoughts upon hearing it? It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I just had a great time listening to it. Like, I only heard my side of it. So to hear me, like my voice speaking with someone else and interacting. It was just, oh, it was so cool. And actually getting an idea of the whole scene, right? Right. I mean, like, yeah, I'd read it, but actually 
listening to how the other actors chose to perform their lines, how it, how it managed to work with, with the way that Jonathan directed me to perform my lines. It was, yeah, cool. Like sure, the, how about you? I mean, I know you've been a random, like other person, like stock sound of somebody drinking in the middle of your line. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing how we matched and then we would like, we had recorded it separately. And yeah, when you put them together and then it sounds like a track off of a film, it, it, it's, it's amazing. He does that. Yeah. And, and your character too. I mean, your character is introduced with a group of people and you're all, I mean, it's not just a two person scene. There's like a group of you all interacting and going through this action together. So I have to imagine if you've only recorded your part, having no idea these three or four other voices around you, even what they're going to sound like, that's got to be a trip to finally hear. It is. It's interesting. Uh, all right. Well, Jonathan, what I know uh, we're going to take a, a little bit of a hiatus, but what can we expect for part four? Oh, man. Part four is where the story really breaks open. We start getting some answers. Everybody, I know you've been waiting three episodes for some answers, <laughs> a lot of questions and more questions and more questions. Um, yeah, it's we're going to start uh, really learning what's actually going on and uh, and why. Um in this next one. It's a it's a pretty amazing episode. It's very different than we've seen. It's been kind of a roller coaster ride. Um, and finally, the next one's where it's really going to sit down and be more about the characters. Wonderful. I apologize for everyone watching this right now. My cat decided to make an appearance if you're wondering what happened. <laughs> awesome. Uh, oh, he's coming. He's coming back. We're almost done. We're almost done. Uh, there he is. He wants to say hi. Uh, Oh, gosh. Alyssa, anything more in the chat before we wrap up? Let me take a peek. Uh, well, uh, Death Queen says, oh, kitty. D-Man says, cat tax must be paid. So everybody's, everybody's excited about the cat. We've got a new apex predator, and it's your cat. I know. Are you, are you, a, vicious, are you a vicious beast? <laughs> she just like, lies down. Oh, gosh. He just knocked everything off my table. All right. Well, I think... I think that's about time. <laughs> if uh, I'd like to thank our, ge our guests, Jonathan Peza, Shrizora, and Celine Gensch for joining us tonight. Please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you are listening. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle at CM Anthology, or check us out online at www.curiousmatterpodcast.com. Our technical director tonight is Death Queen Vex. The Curious Matter After Show is presented by F and Funny and the Knightsville Workshop and distributed by Realm Media. So until next time, I am Allison Hayslip. This is Alyssa DeVries and we've been your hosts. Don't get held captive by any cartels and thank you so much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221 B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. 
God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224bbaker or on our website 224bbaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.